again, so Vader never knew he had kids. Uh, and Palpatine was a part of that cover-up, and Vader is now going backwards and finding all of this stuff with... So, like, there's documentation or something of Padme being buried, because he was a little busy trying not to be die. Trying not to be die. Trying not to be die. Vader goes back. He finds all that information. Now he's mad at mad at Palpatine. Palpatine drops him in the same spot he found him on really? Mustafar without any of his limbs. <laughs> really? Yeah, that that's a part of this comic book series where he's like, all right, well, give me back your suit. (laughs) Morning. Morning, Lindsay. It's been two weeks since you and I have talked. Life's good. Yeah, life's good. I just got the Moderna yesterday. I mean, the day before yesterday. Oh, oh, the first shot. Yep. How you feeling? I was really sore yesterday, but it's better today. Did you get superpowers? (laughs) I can see through walls now. (laughs) Sweet. That is the creepiest one ever. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, I actually get my final shot. I'm, I'm really praying... For force powers, because I'm getting it on May the 4th, and I'm getting my second shot of Moderna. So, you know, come on. May right. the 4th be with you. Give me force powers. Right. <laughs> yeah, you you will like this podcast. You will click share and subscribe. You will... Oh, wait. <laughs> I don't have the second shot yet. Dang it. So, in theory, <sighs> if you were to suddenly develop force powers, like, what would your speciality be? I, I definitely want the, you know, wave your fingers and you will. That That's like top of the list or the force joke. Like Darth Vader, I find your lack of faith disturbing. Favorite uh-huh. moment ever. Really? All, all, everything. I mean, for me, it comes down to that moment where it's okay. This is, this is like the pinnacle moment of Star Wars for me. There are lots of other moments, but that's the one I'm always like, oh, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. Mm-hmm. So... Before we continue to geek out, maybe you should introduce what we're actually talking about, because uh, I'm excited for this, and I'm already starting to be like a squirrel on crack. <laughs> yeah, okay. So we've been pretty serious the last couple of weeks with church and worship and all that stuff, and we decided it was time for a fun episode, a more fun episode where we could just sort of goof around and enjoy ourselves. <laughs> and you asked me what what we should do, and I have been reading a lot of Star Wars, so I and I like Star Wars a lot, so I said let's do Star Wars, and you about uh, fell over in your chair. So <laughs> that's what we're doing. <laughs> I I have been cautious about introducing this because it it has always been like a very enjoyable fandom for me, but I've really in the past you know ten years it's really ramped up for me. And and we'll have to talk a bit about kind of why that's happened for me, what pieces have fallen into place. But, I mean, I, I came dressed for it this morning. I got the hat. You know, I'm wearing the Kylo Ren hoodie. I got my solo blaster. Yes. Let's go. Cool. Star Wars. So, actually, I don't mind starting there. Like, why do you think you love Star oh, okay. Wars? And why do you think it's sort of <laughs> increased in intensity in the past 10 years? What's happened in the last 10 years that made that happen disney bought it that was a little over 10 years ago now i think all right so um child of the 80s and 90s so that was a piece of the culture kind of quietly but i remember when the prequels came out i remember going and seeing each of those in theaters and the first one i must have been like a freshman i think that i think i was a freshman roughly and uh you know, my dad and I were debating, uh, is that, you know, really Emperor Palpatine? Uh. You know, is that Senator Palpatine actually Emperor Palpatine? How does that work? Okay. Uh, the second one, a friend and I, we dressed up as Jedi and had lightsabers and went to the premiere of at our local theater for. And the third one, I was, I, I didn't have friends who were that level geek with me. So I just kind of quietly went by myself. <laughs> 
But I, I've always loved Star Wars, but where I've struggled with it is before the prequel trilogy, so kind of in the 90s, and then in the mid-2000s, a little with the prequel trilogy, there's the extended universe. Yes. Which is now, it's all called Legends. Mm-hmm. And they were pumping stuff out in the extended universe so fast that it was just, it was hard to keep up with. Yeah. I was like half in it in that stuff and it frustrated me and i thought some of the storylines were stupid and didn't make sense like the whole yuzong vong war from the later part of the extended universe series i no i think it was stupid some people may disagree with me but i think it was just it was a bad spot to go because it was these extra galactic invaders who you basically needed a death star to destroy because they're coming in with these super bio ships. It was weird. Hmm. So, I mean, that part of Star Wars was killing it for me, where it was, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll go when they come out with a new movie. And then they did the prequels, and it went silent. But they also did, like, Clone Wars in that time frame, which, have you watched the Clone Wars? You know, really? I've tried I've tried to get into it before, and I couldn't get past the animation. I didn't like the animation at all, so... Really? I only yeah, I only watched one or two episodes, but recently, like in the past two years or so, two or three years, I've gotten super into it, and I'm watching Rebels, and I really like that. So eventually, yeah, I'm going to go back around and watch Clone Wars, because I think part of the fun is the Easter eggs, like you, you know, meeting oh people and coming across people like, who's this, who's this? That's part of the fun, I think. It, it is, and I mean, you get into characters like Saul Guerrero, who... You've watched Rebels, and and you have Old Saul, the, who's there, but what made Old Saul? And they go through that in the Clone Wars, they go through that in Rebels, and so they have this character development. It's not main character, but you get this, you know where he's going, mm-hmm. but where's he been? And it's it's a fun little piece to Rebels and Clone Wars. I, I do love the Clone Wars series, and I'm excited because they're doing... You and I are recording this before it happens, but on May the 4th, I'll be getting, like I said, my second shot, and then coming home and watching The Bad Batch. I am excited. Yes. I am, like, I, I've got goosebumps excited right now, because it's like, <laughs> yes! Yeah. Because, again, what they're doing with with Star Wars right now, we'll have to argue about what they did with the sequel trilogy, but what they're doing with it right now... I enjoy it. Mm. I love it. I love the level of storytelling. The The way Star Wars started with George Lucas in the original trilogy, mm. I, I mean, there's a simple nature of right and wrong, but there are so many layers to each character's right and wrong. Yeah, like yeah. You have Han Solo and kind of this multi-layered... Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Is he going to sell out the Rebellion for money? Is he going to support the Rebellion for money? And then in supporting the Rebellion for money, is he actually a good guy? Right. And, you know, you you have it in, and it's a cumulative point, but you have it in Empire Strikes Back where, you know, Leia's like, I love you. And Han's like, I know. (laughs) And. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is the summary of. Yeah. The relationship with Han, because it's, I I love him, I know, but does he love me? And, and it's, yeah. See, I told you, this was a dangerous topic. Yeah. This is like prime storytelling. I love the philosophy. I love the dark oh side and, and the light side, and the fact that, personally, if I were a Jedi, I would be a gray Jedi, because I see... Because I disagree with both sides about only utilizing one aspect of yourself. I think that's foolish. But I I like to see how different characters sort of play into their philosophy and and the strengths and weaknesses of both sides. It's fascinating to me. Really fascinating. Like Qui-Gon Jinn and his mix of... He's definitely a gray Jedi. Anyway, yeah. (laughs) All right. You want something that blew my mind. I I loved it, and it just, it made my mind melt. 
in 2019, I had the opportunity, and I've talked about this in the past, former student who got me, my dad, and my son hooked up to go and see Galaxy's Edge, the, the Star Wars land, before it was truly open. It was a soft open. It was testing with some of the Disney employees. She was a Disney employee. And um, so we went into Galaxy's Edge. And when you go into Galaxy's Edge, it's not just a, a land. It's an immersive story. So... Like, my son really got into it, and he was walking around, and oh, look, there are the, the stormtroopers, and there's Kylo Ren, and he started playing the game. I didn't catch on to this for a minute, but he started playing the game with the employees who are there, mm -hmm. and each of the employees in the shops has a different backstory Ooh, cool. for their character. It's like being in a Ren fair, but for Star Wars, <laughs> and so he's talking to shop employees he, he's talking to one young lady and she she's like well we really like the empire because they did this that and that for my family on right, our farm right. and they're they're helping bring order and i'm standing there going what what is this am i truly here is this yeah yeah did i die is this part of what heaven i i mean it was to me it was incredible the, the level of detail they brought into that and then sorry you you brought that up of what would you be in star wars and again that's I was in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. I, I walked around in the world. And, you know, that's even a powerful aspect of it. But anyway, I think you brought up a really good question indirectly of what would you be in Star Wars? And you said you would be a gray Jedi. Yeah. Let, okay, let's be honest. Everyone's answer to some degree is going to always be I want to be a Jedi. I want force powers. Hmm. Okay, it doesn't matter. Sith or, or Jedi or good, bad, indifferent. Almost everyone will say they want force powers. They want a lightsaber. What color is your lightsaber? I like the orange one. Hmm. The yellow, yellow, orange one. I like that one. And you know, I think I'd be cool not having force powers. Because uh, I would assume I wouldn't get any. <laughs> I would assume I'm too much of a skeptic to have force powers. So I'd probably end up as Hera from Rebels. <laughs> I'd just be happy to be on somebody's crew. <laughs> Hera is a great character. I, I love like Hera. Hera. Yeah, I love Hera. I'd be happy being Hera. So have you caught everywhere the ghost appears in all of the other media? No. Mm -mm. The ghost appears... In Rogue One, it's there, and then you can hear them paging for General Hera. Okay. In Rogue One, I think someone even said you could spot Chopper. I don't remember if that was a thing or not. In Episode Nine, the ghost is there, right there at the end when all the ships show up, and you know, uh, Lando's spoiler alerts if you've not watched this. But, you know, Lando's like, oh, you're never alone. And all the ships start appearing to fight the final order. It's like one of the second ships. If you're looking to the right of the Millennium Falcon, bam, Ghost is right there. I just got goosebumps. I know. And that's <laughs> part of what is great about Star Wars. All right. All right. So you'd be a gray Jedi, yellow lightsaber. Y you know, lightsaber colors have meaning. Yeah, but I can't. I don't know what they are. All I know is like green and blue are traditionally good. I mean, like, basically good, but I don't know the specifics, and I know, obviously, the red ones are bad. <laughs> uh, yellow is the temple guards. Cool! And that's totally me. That's totally me. Yeah. Yeah, except the temple guards were a lot of the people who became the... Um, Inquisitors! Inquisitors. Ah, see? <laughs> now, I, I'm with you if I could choose my spot. Gray Jedi. But I think I'd go for, like... A white or, like, uh, purple lightsaber. Like Samuel L. Jackson's purple yeah, lightsaber. Yeah. I like that. He's a gray Jedi, isn't he? No, he's actually closer to dark side Jedi. Oh, cool. I Yeah, I I just ordered a book, and he's the main character. He's looking for his um, uh, the woman who used to be his Padawan. Balapa, maybe? Yeah, you, you'll enjoy that, because as you get into... Mace Windu's character more he's always kind of on the edge of the dark side where that's his he's angry he fights angry which is a neat little kind of tie-in with that and it, you you'll enjoy it because he ended up on the council which is interesting well 
There, there's a couple hours of podcasting dissecting the Jedi Council. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this is... My dad gave me a hundred bucks for Christmas, which my dad's awesome. My dad it spoils me still to this day. He still spoils me. And um, so he sent good. me a hundred bucks and <laughs> I invested it just for fun because I've never done it before. And I've been sitting on it and I watched my stock that I was doing. It didn't do well. It just kept plummeting. Huh. So finally, when it got back up to a hundred bucks, I took it out and I bought a hundred dollars worth of Star Wars books. <laughs> <laughs> so there i've right. got like 25 books coming in the mail <laughs> they're like trickling in awesome and, yeah i'm so excited you specifically in saying we were going to talk star wars you wanted to focus on the books i do like the books and we, we have been meandering in star wars just again everything star wars let's talk let's talk the books Sure. Yeah. Let's jump into that. Okay. A little more. So I'm. Don't let me go far into the movies or anything else. It's I, okay, and I don't mind. It's not that I don't like the movies. It's just my experience with the movies have been very cinematic. I enjoyed the movies from a from a cinematic point of view. I thought they were wonderful. But the more I read, the more I get why people were irritated with the movies. So I here's here's why I love the EU. I have four kids, and Star Wars is the best escapist book you can imagine. It's not too emotionally like it's not it's not too much drama. It's it's high speed adventure. It's thrilling. It's fun. Sometimes it's scary. It's so exciting. I just I chew them out because it's just it's so much more exciting than folding clothes or <laughs> or you know it's just it makes that's why that's why I love it. This is so exciting, and why I know more about that really than the movies because I can't, I can't spend two and a half hours watching a movie, but I, but I can read <laughs> in the morning or whatever. So the books are excellent. You know, going back to what I originally said, I, I read, have read, uh, some of the Legends universe stuff before it was Legends, and there are books in the Legends that I love, like going back to the early 90s and Heir to the Empire mm -hmm. or Heir to the Emperor and the introduction of just he's a favorite that for the first time appears in any of the other media was Thrawn. Yeah. Yeah. And when you get to Thrawn in Rebels, you'll just you will melt. It will be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I mean, that's. That's how I was when they, they brought Thrawn into Rebels. I was like, yes! Ah! Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I was excited. Did you watch The Mandalorian? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I loved The Mandalorian. It was amazing. Yep. Okay. When um, it was the middle episode of season two, I don't know how you, you felt, when they brought Ahsoka in. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Yeah. And she's fighting the, the woman in the keep who has the Beskar spear and she's got her lightsabers and, you know, they're hacking away. And she has this moment where, you know, they're they're facing off. The lightsabers are against the Beskar spear. They're face to face. It's intense. And she goes, where's your boss? Where's Admiral Thrawn? <laughs> I was sitting there in my seat and I like collapsed onto the floor going, yes, <laughs> bring him in, bring him in, bring him in. <laughs> because I just out of the, the legends universe and then even going into where they're at now and what they've been doing with Thrawn rebels and Thrawn and yeah, Thrawn is, is a character that they have built and they built him really well in all of that, uh, in, in all of the book series. He is an amazing character builder yeah. who who you want to hate, but you just you love him. Love you love him. I because <laughs> he's he, he's not just like a bad. He he's Han Solo of bad guys. Yeah, is he bad? Wait, or is he good? What what's going on? What yeah. is his real motive? Yeah, and that element of mystery is incredible. I, that has me hooked in Thrawn stuff. I think you like him. Okay, I won't speak for you, but I liked him right away at the beginning of the first book when 
Okay, first book Legends or first book Legends? What they're doing with him now? No, okay, not Legends. not the newer books, the the original heir to the empire, emperor, whatever. Yeah. Um, a general's going down into Thrawn's private quarters to ask him a question or tell him something, and there's all this art on the walls, and Thrawn is talking about how the art of a society or a culture tells you so much about the culture and tells you how to break the culture or or connect to the culture. And that sort of is a theme that comes throughout that book and probably the other ones too, I think. But that's I just loved him right away. You will love when they bring him in in Rebels. You will have the, the moment that I keep expressing, that I keep having in Star Wars. You will, when they bring him in in Rebels, you will just... You'll be there. Because <laughs> they they stay true to that character. They don't cool. change him. They just draw him right out as he was. And um, actually, that's why I've been enjoying... I, I was trying to look it up a moment ago on my phone because I read them a while earlier this year. I The Aftermath and Star Wars and Life Debt stuff that they did were... Thrawn was in them. I read those. Those were really good. What are we talking about? The newer books that they wrote about Thrawn? Right. And then even the um, Star Wars Thrawn Ascendancy, book one, was really good. I'm looking forward to book two and three. And that's all canon now. The The new stuff is canon. So question. Again, the old stuff is legacies. But, but if they refer to a character in a canon thing... That is a legend character. Can you extrapolate then that the book that they came from, all the content in that book is also canon? Or are they going to cherry pick stuff from the book? They cherry pick stuff. Because now they they may be doing some of that, like the heir to to the empire or yeah, heir to the empire. I did look that up while we while we were talking. It's heir (laughs) to the empire. They may be doing some of that with Thrawn. Because where they left, like, the Mandalorian off at, where they left Rebels off at, where they've been going with the books, Thrawn may play a key role in something that is building and establishing the First Order, or maybe building and establishing a separate branch of the Empire for a period of time post-Galactic Fall, uh, pre-The Force Awakens. I don't know. Because you have, like... Like Moff Gideon from yeah. Mandalorian, from the Mandalorian. And well, what is this remnant of the Empire doing? And Thrawn's now involved. So what's Thrawn doing? And you've got all of the extended TV shows and things that they're coming out with in the next couple of years. Yeah. So they might build something like that that for Thrawn uh, from the legacy stuff. Yeah. I don't know. But they they've been... Stuff that was good, they they are using from legacy stuff. Like I'll, I'll refer back to it, like the Yuuzhan Vong War. They're just being done with. I hope they're just like it's like they didn't happen. Yeah, they're just stories. And, and again, they kind of established that that there are okay. Episode seven, The Force Awakens, when Finn and Rey are on the Millennium Falcon and Han and Chubo- Chewbacca show up. Yeah, yeah. The reactions that Finn and Rey have. And, and I think this is where Legends now fits into the Star Wars universe, is the reactions that Finn and Rey have are, wait, Han Solo's real? This is the Millennium Falcon? Wasn't he a, a smuggler? Wasn't he a war hero? Luke Skywalker's real? I thought that was a myth. Okay, I get it. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It, there, there's an ethos of it's all what myth? happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, and... You know, there there are myths and legends that we have where it's... I get it. it it's a small thing, but it just it's grown into this huge thing. And so I think that's kind of where le- legends now right. fits in of there's a lot that's happened. How much of it is truly what happened? How much of it is just making things bigger? Yeah. Armchair, fan man, speculation. And I, I really like the legends. I'm sort of, I mean, I haven't bought all the books by any means or anything, but I am starting sort of in the beginning of the timeline. And I'm not going to be super religious about it, because if I didn't buy the book, I didn't buy the book. But um, I enjoy reading about the Old Republic, and and I don't know a lot about the Clone Wars, because honestly, I didn't see the movies very much. And when I saw them, I didn't really understand what was happening. 
as far as the Clone Okay, Wars. when you say the movies, you're talking the prequel trilogy? The prequel trilogy, yeah. Okay. I didn't really understand the Trade Federation and Separatists, and so I'm going back and, well, I'm reading about that stuff now, and I've discovered Wikipedia, so I'm on that all the time. As I'm reading ah. or watching... I'm Wookie on there. Pedia. And then I found a couple YouTube channels like Star Wars Explained is one. And I so it helps me just like, okay, what's this planet all about? Or what does this alien race look like? So I find it interesting. I just don't know anything about it. So I'm sort of that's sort of my goal is I'm staying way back. I'm reading way back in the um the Republic and the and the Clone Wars and stuff like that. Actually I just read this the I've read a lot of scary books. You know, I've read I've read a lot of Stephen King. Um, but I just read the scariest book I have ever read in my life, and it was a Star Wars book. It's called oh? Red Harvest by Joe Schreiber. S-C-H-R-E-I-B-E-R. It was so gory and scary. It's Star Wars and a zombie movie. It's oh. it's about zombies. It's about this um, uh, Sith Academy on this planet. I can't remember the name of the planet. And this the Sith that is in charge of the Academy, his name's Scabrus. And he finds this holocron that basically has a recipe for immortality. But the only catch is when you become immortal, you also start to decay. And your brain sort of, all your brain cares about is... is um feeding so he's trying to figure out a way to become immortal without also decaying and he's trying to he's using the 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 sith students as experiments and and it's really good it's really really good but absolutely terrifying it's it's absolutely terrifying (laughs) highly recommend i recommend if you can hand if you can stomach it because it is gory (laughs) He doesn't pull punches. It's gory. <laughs> Classic zombie movie I can handle. It's a psychological... Terror? It's the... This is plausible. Oh, it's not plausible at of... all, but... <laughs> well, I... And I know. And that's where, like, Stephen King kind of oh. gets to me, because it's... Oh. oh. That's... That's plausible. Right, that's... right. I get you. There, there are the supernatural elements, but it's... Like, uh, I'm now blanking. What was the one you had me read? The first I one? I know. The Stand. The Stand. Yeah, The Stand. And again, it's the middle of the <laughs> pandemic, and I'm like, I'm not okay with this. <laughs> yeah. But like a zombie thriller. Okay, I'm in on zombie movies. Yeah. yeah all right. Yeah. I'm in on zombie it's, books. All right. It's really good, and it's not long. And they introduced this concept that I'd never heard before of this sort of branch of the Jedi that it's the agricultural core or something, like Jedi that either didn't really cut it as warriors or have a plant connection like they're sort of connected to the to living things so this main jedi character she she talks to plants like they talk to her she talks to them and she can like see out of their she can see what they quote see it's really interesting and she connects to this special plant called a black orchid and it's it only it it can't live without her she has she has to be connected to it in some in proximity and it's this plant that um darth scabrous is looking for so it's it's really good i don't want to give too much away because it was it was pretty fascinating and you had no idea who was going to live you had no idea at all what was going to happen it was good no and and you're fine um and, and that's that is part of what's neat with like getting into the extended universe stuff into these it's almost more personal stories where you can find yourself or find th- things you're sympathetic to or that you value within Star Wars. Like one of my favorite little kind of branches of of Star Wars lore and story is Outbound Flight. Have you ever heard of that? Yep, it's on my list. I can't wait. Yeah. And and that's just an enjoyable one. Just the the idea of exploration but then the exploration turns into an adventure and it's doomed and you know we, we don't need to go into the full thing but you know how does that fit in what does that that look like what does and <laughs> that again plays into admiral thrawn a little bit but 
Does it? More on him later. How? How does he connect to Outward Bound? Uh, it's the Chiss who are... Uh, I forget what the, the role of the Chiss is in that whole spiel, but Thrawn eventually helps Palpatine cover up a piece of what happened with... Oh, okay. I might be getting some of the stuff wrong, but he, he plays a small part in helping cover stuff up, and he, he makes an appearance towards the end of it. I, I don't remember. It's been a while since I've hmm. kind of engaged with it. I'll have to look that up. But it, it was... It's a neat little kind of connection into Star Wars and what would it be to actually explore that universe? Yeah. Could you imagine being on a ship going outside of our galaxy? I Yeah. And I love space exploration, but that's just a weird thought of going past the galaxy's edge. Whole other who knows what. Pretty cool. The cool thing about Star Wars is if you read a Star Wars book and you don't like it, you read another one because there's so many varied <laughs> authors who have different focuses and write different ways. It's like the Star Wars, it's like George Lucas just created this backdrop for for an unlimited amount of stories and people and it's 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 so it's unlimited. So there's so much to love. <laughs> yes and it's amazing kind of how that has even played into the psyche of people with uh have you ever been to an event where people are dressed up like their favorite characters or part of the 501st legion have you heard of the 501st legion no oh all right the 501st legion is something that you can join anyone can join and it is the organization and chapters of people who dress up like stormtroopers, Jedi, Darth Vader, characters out of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And they have a whole support network. They have, you know, oh, you want to you want to join? We can help you build your costume and your costume has to fit within certain parameters to be a part of it. Uh, and then they'll go and they'll do like visits at children's hospitals or they'll go and do events like five or six years ago. Uh, Melinda decided to get me tickets to our local baseball team on their Star Wars night. So she got me tickets to take my son and we went on Star Wars night to go see a ball game. And they had Darth Vader walking around. They had all kinds of stormtroopers walking around. They had Ewoks and <laughs> Jawa and Jedi. Cool. And it it was all people from the 501st Legion. And then the, the brain-melting moment that has always stuck with me. And you, you can see this over my, my shoulder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it stuck with me and kind of why I have that. I'll explain in a minute. But there was an R2-D2. Mm-hmm that was driving around at this baseball game. And that was the first time my son had seen R2-D2, like, in person, <laughs> driving around, which was awesome. But I just watching this R2-D2, you couldn't see where the guy was who was controlling it. <laughs> so it really did look like it was autonomous. It wasn't just a guy who's, like, 10 feet back with this huge remote driving it. And it took me a couple minutes to find who it was. And there was a guy with his hands in his pocket wearing a hoodie. And they, they now make specially designed controllers. One can fit in each palm that you can drive R2s around with. Hmm. So it's discreet and hidden. And it, it really looks like it's R2. It interacts like it's R2. And just watching my son interact with that. And, you know, again, these are all people connected in with the 501st and what they're doing. But... All things aside with that, behind me is a 3D printer. I got into that because it pandemic. I, I'm, I can get antsy and jumpy, and I like to fiddle with things, so I got a 3D printer. First thing I printed was, of course, my beautiful, amazing Han Solo blaster, which, I mean, this is... It is beautiful. I love this thing. It's, it is... I've never built a model and been so satisfied with the paint and the build of it as I am with that. But like three or four months ago, I made a decision, a 
you know, falling into the rabbit hole and then some decision. Mm-hmm. I want to build an R2. I want to build a full-size 3D printed R2-D2. Cool. And I started into that rabbit hole when it was, okay, I need to make a few upgrades with my printer before I can, you know, start printing in the, the correct plastic so it's strong enough and can support itself. I, I'm at a stalling point because I've made all the upgrades, but I can't get the firmware figured out. But that's, you know, that's the five-year plan. I'm going to build an R2. I want to, you know, next time we talk Star Wars in like five years for this podcast, I want R2 sitting next to me kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That'd be cool. But, I mean, that's that's part of the beauty of Star Wars is there's there are these points where everyone enters in. And like you said, you know, you, you don't like this story. There's another one. Mm-hmm. You don't like this character. There are other ones. Yeah. You know, there are guys who spent hours building very specific characters and armor for that character. And again, building backstory. Yeah. And how they fit into this whole... And it's a broad universe, which is great because it's for everyone. Yeah. There's this book called... Lost Stars by Claudia Gray, who also wrote um, Master and Apprentice about Qui-Gon mm-hmm. and, and um, Obi-Wan, which was very good. Obi-Wan. I really enjoyed it. I would recommend that book for people that weren't super into sci-fi like or a good entrance into sci-fi that's not super technical or anything. And basically, it's about <laughs> these two kids that um, are living on this planet and the Empire comes to their planet and promises to... Um, bring innovation and jobs and industry and they love the empire and they what they want to do more than anything in the world is become pilots so years and years later they both join the academy and become pilots and one of them um, is on some missions uh, they're a boy they're a man and a woman by the way which is important to the story so one of them is on a mission and he and he sees terrible things that the empire is doing to innocent people things that he morally disagrees with but she doesn't see those things and so it's it's basically romeo and juliet in the star wars universe and it's really really good it's really good because i it was the okay. first book i li- i read that sort of talked about the Death Star in such a way that like there was a lot of normal people quote normal people on the Death Star like a million there was a million people on the Death Star and a lot of them were just like serving drinks in a cantina you know like they were normal people and I never thought of that before I just in the movie it was just like yay and then of course I also read Death Star by thank you that was the one I was looking up Death Star by Michael Reeves and that was so good and it's there's a lot of different characters but you get used to them and it's about these quote normal people that somehow are connected to the Death Star and end up on the Death Star through various means like at the um, at the beginning of the Death Star is in its formation it's it's using um, a prison population to build and it's so it's orbiting this planet population and one of the prisoners escapes to the Death Star, and it's it's really good. It's really good, and I like that idea that that it's not all black and white. It's not like everybody who's in the Empire is evil. That's not the case, you know. So I I just love that idea. I like that story. You really have to finish Rebels because I keep wanting to reference things in Rebels. And I'm like, ah, oh, but you you haven't gotten that yet. Oh, <laughs> you haven't. Ah, oh, come on. I'll binge it. I'll binge it this week. Hopefully. <laughs> If you can, if you have time, because I don't think we're done with this one yet, but we've got at least a couple episodes of Star Wars to to go into a bit, because I also, I'm really trying not to do it, but I also want to talk the philosophy and, yeah, you know, right and wrong of Star Wars and that whole moral and ethical ethos that is intentionally written into it in the initial trilogy and then plays out in everything else and why that's huge and that's kind of my big area in star wars because it's there are the similarities between trying to think how to phrase this there are the similarities between what i'm trying to do in my work career and faith that george lucas is also indirectly referencing and building into this story this really well-written story that 
anyone can engage in. But hmm. interesting that that can be a teaser for the next one. <laughs> so I don't know how you feel about this, but what you just said about the philosophy and the light and the dark and good and evil and coupled with the gray, gray Jedi idea is why I liked Kylo Ren a lot. Because to me, he epitomized this I, this marriage of, I mean, he kind of lost the battle, you know, like he's, well, he didn't do it well, but the good and the evil was sort of at war within him. He was sort of pulled in two different directions. And because he was angry, he sort of gave in too much to the dark side. Or I love his, his struggle, his, um, his character is so good because it's so complex. All right. I, I'm going to say a few things. Mm-hmm. I'm not in the camp of Star Wars fans who is up in arms and hates the sequel trilogy. Right. I, I'm not in that camp. And kind of part of the reason I'm not there is my philosophy is different with how I interact with Star Wars. But like original trilogy... I connect with characters. There are characters I'm invested in. And that investment is there in the sequel trilogy, but it it dies with each of them. You know, you've got the first one where, again, if you haven't seen them, spoilers, be warned, there are spoilers. You know, you've got the the first one, The Force Awakens, and Han dies. Uh, Okay, that's a little bit of my original investment. So, yeah. Uh, you've got the second one, which is, oh my goodness, what's what's episode eight? Last Jedi. Luke dies. And then you've got episode nine, Rise of Skywalker. Leia dies. Leia dies. And, and I, I knew going into these series, Force Awakens, I knew going into it, the end result of the trilogy would be Luke, Leia, and Han are going to be dead. Well, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was the only thing and when when they introduced ray finn and poe oh i see what you're saying i it was okay so who's who and, and yeah i never like i like i like poe i like finn i i like ray i like kylo but i i don't really like connect with them and I guess this is fair to say my philosophy in entering into the sequel trilogy is they're not my stories to tell. Lucasfilms didn't hire me to put the story out there, to direct it, to write the story. So my place, my part in that sequel trilogy is to enjoy it, to engage with it as a fan. And if I don't like it, well, that's my problem, not theirs. They've created the story arc. I can decide whether I'm going to engage with it or not. I think it's more worthwhile to engage with it and find the moments I can enjoy and the pieces that, that work for me than to just hate it flat It's a out. lot more energy to be hateful and angry. <laughs> it, it is, and <laughs> it, it's not... Like, Force Awakens, I like. I do like The Force Awakens. They build this tension and mystery, and it's good. Uh, Last Jedi, I I think they left story elements on the floor kind of thing. where They they told a good story, but it, it felt like it was missing pieces. And then Rise of Skywalker just felt rushed. Yeah, it did. Like, it was a race to the end, and... That disappointed me because it was, there's so much going on, such a rich tapestry, and I get McDonald's instead of the full feast. Yeah. That they keep kind of just touching. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I do like the character developments. I, again, because I came in at the original trilogy and then the prequel trilogy, my investments in Han and Luke and Leia, and who they finally get Luke to be in episode nine. I would have loved to have seen kind of more of that transition in The Last Jedi. Yep. But what were we talking about? I, I went off a, a deep, deep end there. Oh, the comple- <laughs> the complexity of Kylo Ren's character. I, I was just saying that I really like oh, his yeah. character. In the- 
And, and I, I'll say this. I've gone back and I've read some of the... Not gone back. I've been reading the comics as they've come out with Kylo Ren and his origin story. Who he was as Ben Solo. What happened that he became a Knight of Ren. How he became a Knight of Ren. How he wound up having... I think it was a blue lightsaber. And then he turned it to the lightsaber he has in the sequel trilogy. And how he became Kylo. I've, I've gone back and I've read those. And... Those are really good and build the character of Kylo Ren better than the movie does. Interesting. The The movie takes Kylo Ren and builds him back to Ben, but you don't get Ben building to Kylo. And that's what I've liked with the comics and the books that have built Ben to Kylo. Are there books about that or just the comic? Actually, I don't think there... No, just... There's kind of a book, um, Phasma, but that deals oh, yeah. with the building of captain phasma but it also has some ties and little build-ins to kylo ren and the first order and the rise of the first order where do you buy comic book where can i buy a comic book <laughs> so i have it's called comics comics ology there it is it's an app on my ipad you can get marvel dc dark horse comics on it and it's a subscription-based app you can get, I forget what the subscription is, but it's a part of the Amazon family of things. So it's part of my Amazon Prime membership. And hmm. there are free ones, but then you can also go into their catalog of things. So I don't have like hard copies. All of my comic book collection is digital outside of a few Halo copies that my son has stolen. <laughs> stinker. I'm definitely a Which hard copy fine. kind of person, but I'd be... I'd be interested in looking at one. Yeah, I um I'm reading it's it's actually really neat. It's kind of helping establish some of the between of the fall of Palpatine and the rise of the First Order and then the Final Order. But it's a it's Darth Vader and it's a series that deals with Darth Vader's failure at the end of Empire Strikes Back. So this happens between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, mm -hmm. and Vader has, you know, failed to turn Luke over to the dark side. There was the failure of the first Death Star and him not being able to save that. So he's not in Palpatine's good graces, and he and Palpatine are having a, a I'll call it a lover's argument. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's dealing with that, and... You know, it goes back to Vader looking and finding all the information he can of, okay, if Luke's my son, how do I have a kid? Because I was pretty sure that Padme died with the children. Okay. At end of episode three, and they cover this in some of the extended universe. When they bury Padme, they bury her like she's pregnant. Like the, the children were lost. Again, so Vader never knew he had kids. Uh, and Palpatine was a part of that cover-up, and Vader is now going backwards and finding all of this stuff with... So, like, there's documentation or something of Padme being buried? Because he was a little busy trying not to be die. Trying not to be die. Trying not to be die. Yeah, and they show it at the end of episode three, where they're having the funeral for Padme in Naboo. When he's getting his... His hit when he's getting his suit and everything. Right. So, I mean, there's documentation that, okay, Padme died, and then Palpatine just had it that, okay, she died, and the children died with her. Palpatine was in on that? Palpatine was in on Which that. Which makes sense, because he doesn't want Darth Vader to have ties at all. Well, not only that, but then it's, okay, if the Skywalker line is this powerful, I've got two Skywalkers kind of out here now that... I could possibly find. Now, he wasn't in on, like, the Jedi, Obi-Wan and Yoda and, um, oh my goodness. Ba Antilles. The adopted Antilles. father. Bail Organa. No, 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 not Antilles. Bail Organa. He wasn't in on them being the ones to get the kids, but... Right. Palpatine. Well, knew. even Luke, I mean, yeah, because when Anakin finds out, when, when Darth Vader finds out that he has, that there is Luke, that there is a Luke... He wants to turn Luke so they can rule together. That's that's in I think that's in Death Star. 
Is that in Death Star or Shadow of the Empire? Shadow of the Empire, actually. It's Sh Shadow of the Empire by, um, I think that's Michael Reeves, too. Okay. <laughs> and, and that, again, I mean, that's that's part of the written, richness of this, where, I mean, the comic book series I'm reading has been, you know, Vader goes back. He finds all that information. Now he's mad at mad at Palpatine. Palpatine drops him in the same spot he found him on really? Mustafar without any of his limbs. <laughs> really? Yeah. That that's a part of this comic book series where he's like, "All right. Well, give me back your suit." <laughs> yeah. So he drops Vader burnt and crippled back in the same spot saying, <laughs> "Survive or die. Come find me when you survive." And he sends assassins after him, and there's fights, and there's these epic battles. Wow, and that's cool. You know, Vader finally finds Exegel, Ex Exegol. Exegol, there we yeah. Go. He finds Exegol. So where, you know, the uh, the comic just came out on... Is that the today? really stormy the world? First, so it came out... The stormy world that Kylo uh, finds at the very that's end. That's the one at the episode... Yep, that's episode nine at the very end. So, you know, it again, this is happening between episodes... Uh, five and six. So, you know, Vader finds Exegol. He finds what Palpatine is doing there. And it's establishing how in the world did the Final Order just appear at the end of Episode 9? And I, I feel like that's what uh, the books and the literature are doing right now, is kind of filling in all of these gaps, all of these rushed story moments of Episode 9 of, okay, well, the Final Order was actually established all the way back right. here that's with cool. cult. Going back into the original trilogy, and yeah, Darth Vader actually knew about it. And yeah, you know, while they're building Death Star 2, Palpatine's actually building those Star Destroyers with the planet-killing cannons. Because, you know, that really actually makes sense. Why not just build one of the stupid Star Destroyers out there? Sometimes Star Wars doesn't make sense, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, interesting. Because, you know, super huge battle station against a fleet of planet-killing Star Destroyers. I, yeah, I didn't like that, that either. That's an annoyance I didn't to me. like that either. I think the the problem is you can't... I don't like the skip of logic. Yeah, but but you can't really up the ante from a machine that can kill a planet. Yes, you can. No. How? How, how can you up... Yes, you can. Star Wars Legends, I don't remember the, the book series, but uh, there is the Sun Crusher. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they find it in the mall where the Death Star was originally researched and uh, initial research projects were made for the Death Star in the Legends universe or in the Legends stories. And you have the Sun Crusher that just destroys a whole solar system. Yeah. Now, going from solar system, your only other option is Galaxy Destroyer. Which is silly. And that just, yeah. That's a huge waste <laughs> of resources, first off, that I don't think anybody would actually do. I I just, I don't really like that conclusion, that this is how we're going to scare people, is destroying their entire planet and all their resources. I just think if you're going to try to control a population, I think fear is the way to go, but the I, I don't. I don't get how destroying an entire planet is a is a good idea at all. I'm not sure. All right, so I I'm gonna say something, and I think that's where we leave it off because it puts us in the spot to actually open up with the next episode and talking about the philosophy, cool, the moral ethos and the ethical ethos of Star okay. Wars. But how do you build? A city-destroying weapon, and then use it to stop a war. Right. Because, I mean, that's that that's the core ethos of the Death Star, of we... We know what happens is because, you know, we invented the atomic bomb. It's the same mm -hmm. sort of ethos. The person with the biggest stick wins... Because you assume nobody's going to attack you. But what happens is everybody else picks up big sticks. <laughs> and then you wind up with, well, we're all just going to eventually nuke each other in the 60s and 70s. And the fear that was, you know, school children hiding under desks because that will protect you from an atomic blast that will vaporize you immediately. 
but it it's also that you know how how do you make the decision to bomb a city what if instead of bombing a city i i've heard it recommended and i'm not going to to truly go into armchair 60 70 80 years later however far on we are armchair generaling it but what if we had instead of bombing the cities bombed the bay and just said look you keep going this route we're going to start dropping these on you instead of for you to see yeah yeah and things like that and that's part of the question and the struggle and the wrestling of the death star and why george lucas put it in there of that's good you know, what do you do with these indiscriminate, destructive weapons? A 500-pound bomb will have secondary casualties, but it won't have citywide secondary casualties. Yep. So how do you, you know, how do you get to that moral justification? And I think that's a great point for us to kind of go, okay, there's a lot we can dive into with Star Wars yeah. and have fun with it and i think we've had fun with it today for sure i think for sure yeah <laughs> yeah I, I don't know maybe next week i'll come dressed as a jedi <laughs> when you chose this topic you i i said you're going to be potentially allowing me to go a little bit crazy with this how do you feel after this conversation of everything we, we've meandered through a lot yeah i i loved it this is fun. Okay. My, my husband is a Star Wars geek too, but we I try not to bring it up all the time. <laughs> so it's nice to be able to just talk for an hour about Star Wars. <laughs> I we'll, we'll have to get him on and maybe some of his opinions at some point if he's up for that. I want to know who who like took care of the baby Jedi's. <laughs> I want to know what it was like in the crash. <laughs> who did? Isn't that the million-dollar question, though, with, well, not even just that, but, I mean, how they get the Force-sensitive kids of, basically, we're going to... There's an ethos there, too. ...legally and justifiably kidnap your child with your consent. Did they do what the Sith did? Because the Sith would just kill you if you protested. The Jedi didn't kill you if you protested, right? No, they didn't. They're like, hey, your child has force powers. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Here's a receipt. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. If you're coming to the door to take my child to another planet and raise him yourself, I feel like this is going to be where I start a militia to kill and Jedi. And what kind of force powers could an infant display? And how would people know about it? Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Baby Yoda. But he wasn't even an infant. Wasn't he like 90? 50. Okay, 50's a long way from being born, though. It's a long way from being born, but he's still a baby. And, and they established that in episode one. Different species age differently. Oh, where okay. Yoda was like 900-some years old. And baby Yoda is all of 50 and still a child. Yeah. So, so who's telling? Are there like spies everywhere or people? I don't know, but the number of questions around Baby Yoda are tremendous. And some of the force powers he's shown, like the force choke. Okay, wait a minute. Wasn't that a dark side power? And then you find out, oh, from Ahsoka in the second season, he was in the Jedi Temple. How'd he get out of the Jedi Temple? Yeah. The end of that second season, does he recognize R2? Yeah. And how about do people have light side or dark side powers? Is that just like a personality thing? Because before you're trained, like the Sith train you to be awful. Because at the beginning, like in the beginning of stories that are about Siths, you start off kind of liking the people, the characters. Because they're you, you, you empathize with them. You kind of get where they're coming from. But the farther on in the story, they become more and more terrible. Because that's what the Sith training and the Sith life does. So, is that the same <laughs> with the Jedi? Is at the, at the beginning you're sort of a mixed bag, right? Anyway, sorry. I know we're supposed to be ending now, but well, and and that's even there. There's been a 
push within the fandom to have Keanu Reeves do a series or appear in a role as uh, it would eventually be Darth Darth Raven, I think. Revan. And no, it's not. Yeah. But, you know, he starts as a Jedi Knight and just the slope he goes on to Sith and the story that that is and uh, things like that. So, yeah, I'm reading that right now, by the way. Oh, are you? And this is where that final question with what you were asking actually comes in a bit, because in episode nine, you have Rey, Mm -hmm. who has been training to be a Jedi, who is establishing herself as a Jedi. And you have that huge scene that leaves you on a cliffhanger where Chewbacca has been captured by the First Order and she's just knocked Kylo Ren out of his TIE fighter. And wait, is that Chewbacca escape or the First Order escaping with Chewbacca? And she pulls that ship and then blasts it with force light lightning. Yeah. Wait a minute. Isn't that a dark side power? Yeah. Isn't Rey supposed to be a a Jedi? (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Very, very interesting. What's going on? So, and and that's part of the beauty of Star Wars. Who knows what's going on? Yep. So, well, not who, <laughs> all right. Anyway, <laughs> I think this is a good spot to stop. And if you're up for it, we're going to jump into the philosophy and intention of Star Wars a little more next sure. week. I can't wait. So, I know, and I'm excited. And... Bad Batch is coming out on Tuesday, and I can't wait. My son is excited. I can't wait to watch it with him. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. So, all right, all right, all right. If we, if if I keep talking, we're going to fall into another rabbit hole. All right, I'm leaving. <laughs> Fine. Wait, you're leaving I'm... me? No, who's my podcast partner? <laughs> Bye. All right. Thanks, you're Lindsay. Welcome. Thank you for listening to the 42 Podcast. Please take a moment to like and subscribe. And if you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter to add your voice to the conversation. Thank you.